Whoa. Whoa. I think it seared my eyebrows. What was that? Well, it brings up a question I have for you. All right. Is it possible, do you think, for lightning to strike twice? Well, yeah, but the question is, isn't in the same place. I mean, lightning strikes thousands of times a day, right? That, that's true, you know? <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Well, yeah, you got to complete the, the thought. Today, it's striking twice in the same spot, which yep. is our podcast. Yep. Welcome back, everyone, to Out of the Main. You're at the right place. Uh, that lightning sound you heard is usually reserved for the end of an episode, but today we are going to do an entire episode on a lightning round. Not one, but two but lightning two. rounds. Yes. Well, before we, uh, if, do we have to hit, I don't know if we hit the sound effect again, because that was already ear piercing, but before we do anything, let's thank everyone for tuning in. Um, take a quick second, if you don't mind, uh, to rate the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, all that stuff that helps. Um, a huge special thanks to the people who are supporting this podcast. Uh, if that's something that you are moved to do as well to help us cover costs, we would certainly appreciate it. You can find a link to that in the show notes, wherever it says anchors away, and then you find the little <laughs> support button. <laughs> that's our, you know, I got to change that though. A-W-A-Y or the proper way? No, the proper way. Okay. W-E. A W E I G H. Yep, uh, but I got to change that because it's no longer an anchor podcast. It's, they've rebranded to Spotify Podcasts. Oh man! All right, but nonetheless, that link is still there, and uh, we really appreciate those who are chipping in a buck, two bucks, even as much as fifteen dollars. There might be some special so, treats down the road for those and peoples. Well, as they say, put a pin in that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, find it all at outofthemain.com. And of course, we'd love to hear your comments on Facebook and Twitter to a certain extent. <laughs> Not all tweets are. Uh, Approved. Uh, so, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you Elon? So, yes. So, so lightning strikes twice. Yeah. This was uh, by uh, request from listener John. That's you. Right. So, this was your idea. What, what uh, came across your mind here? Um, I guess it's sort of similar to when we've cleared the decks in the past. We accumulate a lot of stuff sometimes, setting aside notes, seeing things, hearing things, reading things that you just kind of put in these little lists. And sometimes they grow faster than we can get through them. So, I thought, why not? Go through, uh, gives us an opportunity to do two founded seas, two buried treasures, and two off the maps. So, I did have a, an aside question for you because we had just recently recorded a podcast with Records Revisited. Yes. And another that was podcast. a blast to do. Yep. And we, um, actually got a second opportunity to talk through the Boston debut album with them. And that, that episode just recently dropped. And so, if you want to hear us talk about the Boston album again, that's an opportunity to do it. And it's quite an interesting contest because you have to figure out what songs get cut. So yes. Like kind of, uh, you know, voting off the island. But True. So that got me thinking about just when I bought that album, we talked to them and I told them that that was an album that the first one I bought with my own money, I do believe. And I bought it in the store specifically. No, I had never heard any of it yet. It's like 11 years old. And I just saw it up on the wall it wasn't in one of the bins it was one of those that was advertised up on the wall and i saw that spaceship with the blue flame coming out of it and i thought that was the most incredible looking album cover and i wanted to buy that album based on the cover alone i knew nothing about the music i did ask the guy at the counter you know if it was good or not and i'm sure he said it was but i wanted it because of the cover yes so i know a lot of people have done that mm-hmm. um but it, the reverse do you ever find yourself, and it's kind of a, a thing that's unique to like record store buying. So a band puts out a new album, and you go to the record store back then, mm-hmm. and you're going to buy it. You know nothing about the album. You pick it up, and you turn it over, and you start reading the song list. <laughs> as if 
the song list means anything to you. Have you ever done that? Is this something that uh, uh, is unique to me? Uh, I don't know. I don't recall ever doing that, but I imagine I would. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you gleaning from that? I don't know. You're looking for know. Stairway to Heaven too, or something like I that. I suppose. <laughs> I just wondered if people did that. So anyway, that was all to say that uh, check us out on Records Revisited. That was fun. Yes, as it was. All right. So let me uh, clarify a question for you. We are going to do one complete lightning round. Yes. And then the lightning's going to strike again. Twice? No. In the same place? That'll be the second one. Oh, okay. It'll be the same so place. So it will be twice. Yes. In the same place. Right. But, but not, not right together. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is how you spell the bar. Yeah. Oh, that's right. a good reference. Yes. All right. Let's all right, cut the silliness. Really, we have a serious podcast to conduct here. Mm-hmm. Lightning is going to strike twice. I uh, managed to find a thematic strand to go through each of my lightning rounds. Wow. Because okay. I had stuff stored up to your point that was all about you'll see my two topics here. It's like, well, let's let's just clear the decks and remove the bilge and all that stuff <laughs> um, at once. So would you like to go first since this was your little uh, creative baby? Yeah, I'm ready to go. So uh, this goes back to, this has been in my list for a long, long time. And I think that's sort of what prompted this is I've been wanting to use this and never found the right opportunity. I wanted to pay some homage to our uh, one of our syndicators, Yacht Rock Miami. I think they were our very first syndicator. In fact, I'm sure yep. they were. Yep. Anyway, uh, Captain Juan Love found these guys quite a while ago. He been, They played this on their station a few times. It's a local group from Miami called Clean Cut. And they did an album, again, it's an EP actually, in 2022 called Back Again. And I'm going to play a little bit of the title track, but the point is on this. That this is a good example of a modern band doing something. They're not trying to do yacht rock. I'm not saying this is yacht rock. They're not even doing what we would probably call modern yacht. Okay. They're just doing their modern take on funk, soul, mix, kind of in the Corey Wong area, though not as intense as all of that. Mm. But it's interesting how many yachty elements show up in these songs and how much it has influenced what they do, even though it's clear they're not intentionally doing modern yacht rock. So here's Clean Cut 2022, Back Again. Think I'm running back again Think I'm running back again To you Think I'm running back again Think I'm running back again To you Think I'm running back again well, that is certainly Miami smooth. Whether yeah, it's- I can see where it fits there perfectly. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but these guys are pretty adventurous. So I'm going to move into this about almost three minutes in, and watch for this change of tempo, and then suddenly there's this like Prince sounding guitar solo, completely unexpected on what Ooh. seems otherwise to be a pop track. Think I'm running back again. Think I'm running back again. Yeah. Ooh, yes. So there's some Prince tones in there, huh? I, it sounds like he's explicitly going for that guitar tone, the yeah. Prince guitar tone. Could be. Uh, that's very nice. It's smooth. It's filthy. It's got, I mean, no Miami What's jokes. Don't make love. a Miami joke. Don't make a Miami joke. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can make a Detroit joke. Though. Well. Uh, all right. Moving right. So is that it? That was found at sea. Yes. That was that was found at sea, posted by One Love. Oh, that's awesome. Good stuff. All right. 
So I guess it's my turn then, right? Because there's no one else yeah, here. Lightning right. only strikes twice. So, uh, Found at Sea. So here's an album. I know that you are very familiar with the work and the stylings of one George Duke. Well, or somewhat. Did, yeah, a little bit. Not not a ton. So I, mean, I recently got into the Guardian of the Light album. Yeah, I have that one. So you have that on vinyl? Yes, I do. Ooh, that must be nice. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, the dude. Yeah, in a, in a way, because it's not really yachty. There's a couple of songs that are yachty. It's more yeah. of like aggressive funk. Yeah. Um, so, and the reason I chose for this lightning round is because we have a little more time to just talk about things. And one of the appreciations I have for this album in all of the albums that we seem to love is, again, the personnel, right? Mm-hmm. So, Jeffrey Osborne's on this. Tell me if this sounds like a Quincy Jones joint, by the way. Yeah. Jeffrey Osborne, Patty Austin, Michael Cimbello's on here, Lewis Johnson on bass, John Robinson on drums. I swear to God, this is a Quincy Jones joint. Yeah. Um, Leon Indugu Chancellor, Paulino DaCosta, uh, Larry Williams on uh, tenor sax. Dang. You got Gary Grant, sorry, Gary Grant, Jerry Hay. Um, and then you've got, which is really cool, put a pin in this because we'll come back to it. I want to say some 40 or 50 uh, orchestra members <laughs> credited. Like it goes on and on, violins and violas. And, so huge production. Yeah. I mean, would they ever do anything like this nowadays? Uh, no. Well, now they would do, you know, sampled strings and a couple of live players on top to give it realism. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Would. Yep. 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 Well, what they couldn't do is they could not replicate the bass stylings of Mr. Lewis Johnson, one of my heroes. Right. So for the found at sea, the first death, uh, <laughs> let's just give people a little taste of Shane track number three. Hit it. Wow, Funk A. Yeah, and that kind of sets the tone for a lot of this record. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you're going to get in this record. I just thought this was interesting. I found on George Duke's website, this is how he described it. He said, this was a big project, going back to what we said. Though it met moderate success in the States, Reach Out became a smash hit right. in France. It was all influenced by Star Wars. So this is like a concept album, which I thought uh, explains the cover. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The LP is the soundtrack to a script I wrote based on a fight between good and evil in a science fiction fantasy world. Um, he references some of the personnel, and then the songs sort of work with and in an altered state to the text. It's interesting because I don't believe anything has been done quite like this concept, using essentially R&B and jazz elements. It's like having two different timelines that coincide with each other. It is basically a well-produced set of music, if he does say so himself. Hmm. It was He said it was important for me to write, produce, arrange, and orchestrate all the songs in order to fully achieve what he had in mind. So, well done. And we'll come back to this. Wow, okay. So, in fact, let's come back to it right, right now. Right now, Snake okay. Drift style. So, um, The Buried Treasure is kind of one of those yachtier songs, which was sort of my entry into this album. I believe I heard this on none other than Yacht Rock Miami. Yeah, where else? This would fit that. Exactly. So here's uh, a buried treasure because perhaps if it weren't for the song, I don't think I would have gone deep diving into Guardian of the Light. This is Born to Love You. Yeah. 
So doesn't that also remind you of like when Quincy Jones would go to like the ballot area? Mm-hmm. That sounds like that. And too. then yeah, later on it would start to pick up. Yeah, there's definitely lot of yachty elements there. Yeah, you can hear where all those string players got used. Exactly. Woo. Yep. Yeah. And that's not Patty Austin on backup vocals, no. even though it sounds yeah, just sure like does. her. Yeah. So, anyways, huh. so that was my entry. That was my sort of gateway into Guardian of the Light, and then the Fuller catalog. Nice. Uh, yep. Oh. Put a pin in the Michael Cimbello on guitar, too, as well. A lot of pins today. Yes, I will remove them. Don't you okay. worry. All right, Barry Treasure. Uh, this was completely random. I had um, one of my big, huge lists on, and uh, <laughs> a Sanborn track came on that I could tell it was him playing, but production-wise, it was very different. It was very early, and even stylistically, it was sort of before I think he found the voice or his voice that we know of today. So in the heart to heart album, so it's pretty early in his catalog. Um, but I just thought that this song really caught my attention, its uniqueness, and it's obviously incredibly well um, produced, but it, it sounds like what it says. The title is sunrise gospel and it sounds like gospel. Here's David Sanborn sunrise gospel. Yes, yeah, so that's some serious gospel vibe coming from Sanborn. It's actually not as early as I thought. I was just looking it up here, 1978. So hmm. it's kind it does, of in the middle. It sounds like it would be earlier, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe he just took a left turn in the way he was producing stuff. It wasn't the Tommy LaPuma yeah, stuff. I don't be. know. It, uh, it, it has a very unique sound. I love it. Good uh, yacht jazz. Yes. That's a pretty good uh, discovery there for the buried treasure, too. Mm-hmm. Very buried. All right, cool. Um, so that's uh takes me to my off the map, it right? It does. It does. Okay. We're getting the hang of this lightning round yeah. thing. By the end we should do it. Maybe we'll do it again. Um this is another one I believe there's a kind of a theme running here that I heard this for the first time on Yacht Rock Miami. But it remember several episodes ago we talked a little bit about Bachman Turner Overdrive and yeah. then all of a sudden they have those couple of songs that are kind of yachty, kind of jazzy. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of them, as I said, as being very testosterone driven. Well, the equivalent of that maybe in the R and B world might be Gap Band. You think of Gap Band, mm. you just think kind of muscle funk. You think yeah. of you know, burn rubber and get to, um, uh, get up early in the morning, and of course, drop the bomb, and so that stuff is just in your face. Mm-hmm. You don't expect them to have a smooth side. No. Yet they do, and more of their deep tracks are smoother than you even realize. But this is the one that um, that Yacht Rock Miami played, and you could convince me, other than the vocal, and even the vocal's not that far off, you could almost convince me that this is a Bobby Caldwell tune. So I'm going to hit you with Gap Band here, let you decide. Yearning for your love. My heart is yearning. Wow, that is surprisingly smooth. Yeah, it's uh, from 1980, Gap Band 3. He would not mm. expect it. And there's actually more like that on their albums. Really? Okay, well, I, I might have to go deep sea diving. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say that sounds Yacht Rock 
Miami. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Not quite yet. For no, me. but imagine if you had Bernard Purdy or Jeff Picaro playing that. It's not even quite a halftime shuffle, but it's a little bit of a shuffle groove. True. Tighten maybe, that up, smooth it out. Maybe Lewis Johnson on bass, you say? Ooh, I did say that. Okay, well, here's a little Lewis Johnson on bass then. Okay. Uh, for my off the map. All right, Lewis Johnson on bass. JR, John Robinson on drums. You got Jerry Hay and Gary Grant on the horns and Polito DeCosto on percussion. Remember I referenced that this evokes the dude. This whole album does. Yo, we're back to the George Duke album. Yeah, same right. George Duke album, okay. Garden of the Light, yep. and I'm taken to the dude, George, uh, Quincy Jones' record, which opens with a banger, does it, it not? It does, yeah. I yeah. know Carida. This is the banger. It's called just called the Overture. You get a listen to this. Yeah, that intro is Disco 101, and then Lewis just comes in and lays down the funk. Uh, Ooh, color my face melted. Oh, yeah. That, that, there is another way to melt your face, and that is how. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to the lightning round? Let's do it. So lightning has indeed struck twice. Yes. My uh, eyebrows are seared again. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to go first this time. So That's I'm going to segue from one George to another. Mm. Uh, by George, I think I've got it. Burns? Uh, nope, not Burns. Close. You're getting warmer. Uh, George Benson. Oh. So I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, I referenced the fact that George Benson's most spun song on Spotify was nothing's going to change my love for you. That was you a shocker. Remember. Yacht shocker. Yacht shocker. Yes. <laughs> so I decided to go deep sea diving into okay. 2020. That's the album, right? Um, let me refresh your memory that I am a big fan of this personnel geekery. So let me just read some names to you. Again, yeah, we have okay. a little more time here, right? Yeah. See if you recognize any of these names. So by the way, you've got songs written on here by... Um, uh, let's see, James Newton Howard and Steve Lukather collaborating. Wow. Um, yeah. That I Just Want to Hang Around You tune, you know, yes. that was later covered by David Pack. Yes. That was written by Cruz Sembello, Daniel Sembello, John Sembello, and Michael Sembello. Wow, there's some Sembellos in there. There's some <laughs> yeah. symbolism. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a joke there somewhere. You've got yeah. a, the 2020 title track is co-written by Randy Goodroom and Steve Kipner. Mm, no wow. idea. I had that. Uh, and Neil Larson's got a tune on here. Anyway, whole thing is, uh, well, as long as you're impressed, let's go with uh, Linda Womack has got a tune on here co-written. It's just crazy. Uh, but I haven't even gotten to the musical personnel, which real quick. I mean, this goes, I mean, I don't know how anyone made a buck on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. The players did. <laughs> yeah, James Newton Howard. And I'm just going to skim. I referenced okay. Randy Goodwin also. Dave Grusin is on here. Neil Larson's also playing on here. Randy Kerber. Uh, Dan Huff. On guitar, Paul Jackson Jr. on guitar, Freddie Green on guitar, David Williams on rhythm guitar, Marcus Miller on bass, Nathan East on bass, uh, Anthony Jackson on bass, Neil Steubenhaus on bass, uh, Russ, oh, Russ Teitelman does some programming. 
How many different producers are on this record? Just two. Titleman, for most of it, and then, I'm sorry, there's three. Um, one is that Nothing's Gonna Change My Love For You is co-produced by Michael Mazur and Jerry Goffin, and then Mazur produces You Are the Love of My Life, track 10. So, um, okay. allow me to continue, if you don't mind. Um, Carlos Vega, John Robinson on drums, mentioned Steve Kipner, Paulito DaCosta, um, Gary Grant, Jerry Hay, it's all these same people, like, God, again, and I'm not even, I mean, there's like 20 more names I'm just going to skip over, except for Jim, uh, James Taylor. So, oh. uh, and Roberta Flack. You were, okay. Yes. Yeah. You well, said you weren't going to skip anymore, or you were going to? I skipped, I skipped like 30 names. Okay. Uh, most of which you probably know. Not, the, not just the orchestra, though. No, not just the orchestra, like cats. Okay. Cats galore. So anyways, so why don't we just play a tune off here? Um, let's do that. I, um, Okay, let's just go with uh, I just want to I just wanna yeah. sorry hang around you. Um, check it out. I just want to hang around you every day and night all of my life around you. Yeah, a little bit of that uh, post yacht sound. We've got. Uh, Sort of Simmonsy drum sounds. We got uh, some DX7 in there, but you could still hear it's it still connects to the Yachty area for sure. Absolutely, yeah, that was a great song, man. Woo, baby! But uh, put a pin in that because we're going to come back to this record. This is my second theme of oh, the lightning round. So right. there's just so much to love about that record. I 2020. Like all right, well, you are Mister Personnel, so I got a personnel uh, okay. list for you. This is. Um, Sheena Easton she did an album called Private Heaven in the mid 80s or so I guess uh, it spawned two hits one of them was Sugar Walls written by a certain Alexander Nevermind you familiar with him? No that was Prince in a, as a, oh really? In under an alias yes and then um, the song called Strut which was the big hit. Yeah. Also, remember that one? That was oh, yeah. um, written by Charlie Dore, who has got some yacht and Toto connections. Um, but uh, we're going to play a little bit of that in a second. But I want to give you some of the personnel on this album. Beyond those two songs, it's not much of an album, which is, mm. you know, it's with this personnel, you, you're a little bit surprised that it didn't go a little bit deeper than that. Those two songs, I think, are fantastic. But the rest of it's kind of wah wah for me. Uh, produced by Greg Matheson, the whole album. We've got, uh, so Matheson also plays keys and does the arranging. Michael Boddicker on keyboards. Michael Landau on guitars. Lee Rittenauer on guitars. Steve Lukather on guitars on one song. Abe Laboreal on the bass. He's got some cool bass lines on yeah. this. Carlos Vega on drums. Lenny Castro on percussion. Larry Williams. Bill Reichenbach Jr. Gary Grant. Jerry Hay. The very people you were just talking about. We've yeah. got Steve George. Tom Kelly, Richard Page on backing Ooh. vocals, and also credited on backing vocals, Devo. <laughs> anyway, okay. let's let's look at two things. One is very quick. The first thing um, is the longer one. You just gotta appreciate the minimalism, the beauty of minimalism in the baseline of Strut that is Abe Laboreal. So let's hit that for a sec. Okay.
Well, that is an example of what we were talking about with Ole Bullard's bass player, Lars Eric, right? Mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. how Abe Laboreal only does what's absolutely necessary, and it gives you a little bit of uh, ear candy every once in a while. And there's nothing complicated about what he's doing, but the point is that you've got a guy as great as Abe Laboreal, and he knows that this track calls for me just to go boom, boom, space. Boom, boom, space. Boom, boom. Space then, space. You know, so cool. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing I know, they had a sound on this that I'd never heard before, and we're going to revisit that. We're going to play that intro one more time. Intense gated reverb on bongos. This might be the only place you've ever heard it, so let's hear it again. I thought I was hearing a gated cowbell. Yeah, no, it's bongos because there's a break in the middle where the bongos are sort of in the in the clear. You can tell they're bongos there. You can definitely tell they're bongos. <laughs> the way they're played. Do we have a bongoist uh, credited? Was it uh, well? Let's go back to our percussion list. It would Carlos uh, Vega? be oh, no drums. Lenny Castro. Lenny Castro rocking the boy gated verb on the bongos. Of course, nice. he didn't play them with verb on them. That was added later. True. 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 Right. All right. Um, well. You've given me license to go off the, not off the map, but off the reservation here because okay. you, you did multiple things. So I'm going to do multiple things. I was torn between My Buried Treasure being the cover of Nothing's Gonna Change My Love for You. Cause now that I hear this one by Hawaiian singer Glenn Medeiros, Whoa. I think this is the one I actually remember. When nothing's gonna change my love for you. You wanna know my Huh. Maybe for- that is the one. I had forgotten that A, he existed, and that B, that that version existed. But 84 million spins on Spotify can't be wrong. No. Wow. You think that's the one you remember? Now I'm not so sure. I know that we used to play in the DJing when we DJed weddings. I know we played the George Benson version, but gosh, now I'm not so sure which one I remember from the radio. That hmm. one came out in 87. So, okay. But my real buried treasure, since I have get to have two now, since you did that, uh, I am going to go off the 2020 album to the um, In Your Eyes album, uh, and I'm going to talk about the song of the same name, because this is a buried treasure, one of those I forgot I had forgotten. Um, do you remember that tune? It was a single. It charted, entered the chart on 20, uh, uh, 24. Yeah, I always thought I remembered the jo- um, Jeffrey Osborne version. Well, yes, it was, Je- it was covered in 86. Yeah, but that one I don't think was ever released, but I did have that album. So there's one that from the radio, and then that was the one I had in the album. But you're going to play which one? The George Benson one? The George Benson one, because part of the uh, buried treasure in this is, hey, I forgot I had forgotten about it. But do you, you know it was co-written by Dan Hill <laughs> and Michael Masser? Wow. Yes. This one's got Will Lee on bass, Robbie Buchanan on synth, Steve Gadd on drums, Paul Jackson Jr. on guitar. Here it is, a little In Your Eyes from 1983. Yeah, it's just that, that's classic '80s ballad. Benson, man, Ugh. yep. It was almost at that point where it's probably shameful to admit 
he reached the point of saturation where I was tired of what he was doing. It was mm-hmm. a lot of those ballads. Almost like people went through the fatigue with Michael McDonald. You yeah. know? I think at this point I was starting to get with some George Benson fatigue. But uh, going back now... From this perspective, that's, it's entirely different. That's how you enjoy it because yeah. I, everything was a ballad at that point. So yeah, like, that's everything what it felt on the radio like. was a ballad. Yeah, and then as, as rockers, you're like, I don't. You know, but anyway, the distance of time changes all of that. Um, speaking of the distance in time, let's fast forward to the year 2006, shall we? Mm-hmm. We've are uh, sticking with the George Benson theme, and this is a album I believe you introduced me to. This is his collab. That's what the kids call it. Yep. With Al Jarreau, mm-hmm. giving it up. What I love about this album, which I didn't realize until, again, I went looking for it, is the personnel. Oh, boy. So, um, this particular song, so we've we've already referenced this album twice now because mm-hmm. we've talked about Morning and we've talked about their version of Summer Breeze. That's right. That was the other one. Yep. Right. But here we're going to talk about um, Breezing. Because they redo this brazen tune, but now it's got El Jero doing some scatting and some lyrics, which makes it cool. It's got uh, Dean Parks on guitar, your buddy Abe Laboreal on the electric bass. Oh, good. uh, Vinny Caliuta on drums and Paulino DaCosta on gated. No. No, uh, just on percussion. (laughs) Here it is. Check out. This is a very modern sound, but that's why we're off the map. Here it is. A little modern day rendering of brazen circa 2006. How did we get off the map already? Because we did two buried treasures. I didn't do my buried treasure. Oh, those were found at seas? Well, my Sheena Easton was found at sea. So I got to go back. We got to go back to my buried treasure. Uh, Let's start the whole thing over. Let's go back to... All right, we're doing a lightning round. Does lightning strike twice? (laughs) All right, we're going to go back. We're going to catch up. Okay, Somehow so you've lapped the field. You know what? I, we should do a lightning round in every episode so I could get the hang of this. Okay. Yes. You've lapped the field. That's Buried okay. Treasure. I got all my stuff out. Ahoy, ploy. Hey, hold on. Oh, okay. Hold on. All right. So where are we? We're buried treasuring you? Yes. All right. You you thought I had buried treasure on my Sheena Easton, but uh, this is my buried treasure. I was... Um, well, most people probably don't know that listen to this show. I have an alter ego musically as... Uh, an electronic new age artist called seven and five. And I actually have a song that's approaching a million spins. If you can believe that. Wow. Yeah, I know it's really taken off anyway. Is it Yachty? No, then I don't care. Well, put a pin in it and okay. it will remove that pin very quickly. So obviously I listen to a lot of yacht rock, but I also listen to a fair amount of electronic new age, just to kind of keep my ear to it, kind of keep fresh with it. And sometimes that Spotify algorithm gets it just right. So I had listened to a short list of yacht stuff and when it reached the end, you know, Spotify takes over and thinks about what you want to play next. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, what they played is probably the one and only Yachty sounding New Age song. Really? You can imagine. And it's by a guy who's a classic New Age artist, Andreas Volenvieter, however that's pronounced. But going to your point that you've made so many times, every single genre was being influenced mm. by this sound in one way. So is this from back in the era? So this is from 1984. And. You tell me if you get some Yachty vibes from this one. This is Andreas doing Flight Feet and Root Hands. No idea. The album is called White Winds, 1984. 
you were to tell me that there's any new age track that could slightly evoke yacht rock vibes, I would have thought you were drunk and or nuts. <laughs> NVTS nuts. Hold on, I'm just making a note. Episode idea: yacht age. Okay. <laughs> But it's there. There's some. There's some little uh, halftime feel, shuffle, and for sure, uh, absolutely, you were right. Yeah, absolutely right. See, now that felt off the map. Are you sure we're not doing this right? No, that's buried treasure. Okay, you want to do it off the map? Yeah, or just here's skip my it? off the map. Oh, there was uh, something uh, posted. I follow obviously Berkeley College of Music on Facebook, being an alumnus, and they posted their list. They they went through and did a forum on all from their faculty. I don't hmm. know. I'm assuming it's mostly percussion faculty, but they wanted to put together a list of the best drum grooves. Ooh. So you would think coming from Berkeley college of music, that this list would be interesting. Well, they actually even created a Spotify playlist. So we can add that to the show notes, but, um, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in this list. First of all, there's only one Yacht Rock thing in there. We talk so much about uh, Groove. Yeah. Uh, you would think you'd find more than one Yacht Rock thing, but the only one that made it was uh, Bernard Purdy, Home at Last. So no Percaro on wow. this list. That's a crime right there. So here's here's your list. And um, they have the Crunge from Led Zeppelin. It's kind of crazy. I don't know if I'd call it Groove. Mm. Ticket to Ride, Beatles. Back in Black, ACDC. I mean, hmm. that's it's very straight beat, but I mean, it does have a certain groove feel to so it. So these are supposed to be grooves by their standard, not top, just drum beats? T- top or drum grooves is what the, even the title of the playlist says, so I'm not hmm. even misreading it. They've got stuff here from the Mahavishnu Orchestra, some Dixie Drags. Do you know the Jelly Jam? No. Okay. Sounds delicious. Um, you, uh, James Brown, Since You've Been Gone, but you could probably put any James Brown brown track on there yeah. in the air tonight phil collins i mean it's oh, an just iconic because of drum the, thing yeah. is it really a best groove then there's a lot of jazz stuff i mean art blakey duke ellington stuff i mean hmm. i thought they'd evolved beyond just being a jazz school but man this entire list a lot of it is just hard bebop like hmm. okay now, i know glass blondie i mean kind of an iconic disco feel but not really all that Special of a list. Granted, our view is tainted by our seafoam tinted glasses, but I still. Suppose, but um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like they haven't heard of Yacht Rock because they got some Steely Dan in there, but just one tune. Yeah, hmm. kind of odd. Uh, you know what's amazing? Okay, here's what's amazing. It shows you why that is a fraud of a list, sir. A fraud. Yes. Um, again, seafoam tinted glasses, notwithstanding the fact that Roseanne is not on that list. Right. I mean, most excellent drummers can't even play that groove. And I don't even think if you're going to pick a Zeppelin tune, people would go to the crunch. I mean, it's a crazy groove, an odd time signature. But if you're talking top drum grooves, why would it not be like either yeah. Fool in the Rain or mm-hmm. I don't know. So what are you leading to? What are you playing off the map here? Well, I'm going to go with my own drum thing. I sent you this a while ago. And, you know, to me, drumming is not just about how crazy of a beat you can play or how intense or how fast or anything. It's how do you think the song through, Mm -hmm. right? We did a whole Jeff Percaro episode on thinking the song through. So I sent you this song uh, from Kansas because Phil Ehart is one of my favorite drummers growing up. And I want to go quickly through and point out, uh, this is the song called On the Other Side from monolith and there's three times that we enter the chorus each time the drummer is given the opportunity to lead us into it there's a break and then the drum takes the voice leading you into the chorus and i just want to look at the three different ways that he does it okay 
So here's the first one, and he does what would be a fairly straight-ahead approach to it, a simple voicing of boom into the chorus. Second time comes around, he has that same gap to fill, but now he does it, remember, they're sort of a prog rock group still at this point, with something a little more sophisticated. Interesting. Yeah, a little hi-hat pinch in there for you, Tom. He stuck that in there. So, he's building to something, right? Yes. You'd expect now this first one, simple. Second one, a little more complicated. The third one, boy, he's going to take your face off. Got to be triplets. No? Watch what he does. Complete opposite of what you're expecting to have come. I was wrong on the triplets thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But that's such a well thought out uh, yeah. drum hit. So absolutely better than anything on that list. And the chops are demonstrated uh, even in the, their simplicity. So yes, uh, yeah, very nice. All right, well, shall we uh, mosey on into a lightning round? <laughs> no, ahoy, boy. 